Hey church, great to be with you today. Today we have a special opportunity. We're going to have Missions Sunday. And what that means is that Pastor Jeff and our outreach director, Ann Jensen, are about to inform you about all of the missionaries, both local and international, that Calvary Monterey has financially invested in last year. We want to give you an update on what these precious souls are doing for Jesus in the world in which we live. Now, as your pastor, and because I take the pulpit very seriously, I want to start off our time by reading a scripture together. This is, after all, the main job of a pastor. Read and declare the word of God. So I thought that I would read from the little book of 3 John, which is a book that highlights the support of missionaries on earth. John writes in 3 John, verse 1, The elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth, Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you, and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. For I rejoiced greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth, as indeed you are walking in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. And as a pastor, there is no greater joy than when someone is walking in the truth of God's word, the truth of Jesus Christ. But John goes on to say, Beloved, it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are, who testified to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God. For they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to support people like these, that we may be fellow workers for the truth. And the missionaries we're about to hear from today are men and women that we believe are worthy of the kind of support that John spoke of in 3 John, that we might be fellow workers with them for the truth. I hope and pray that you enjoy this update this Lord's Day. God bless you, church. I'll be with you next week back in Mark. Hey, Calvary Monterey, so good to be with you this Sunday. Um, my name is Anne. I'm the outreach director here at the church. I also have Pastor Jeff with me, who I get to work under in the area of outreach and missions. Um, and like Nate said, we're going to have a little bit of a special Sunday today. Um, part of our mission as a church is to share Jesus um, through a variety of different ways in our local community, through acts of mercy and outreach, um, through church planting, supporting church plants that we know of, and through global missions. So we're going to take um, the next half hour or so and go over all the things that um, God brought to us to be able to support um, in 2020. So this will be a really fun time. Um, one of the things I also get to do, apart from being the outreach director, is I get to do a lot of the bookkeeping for the church. Um, so I'm going to take a second to share kind of the logistics of um, how we get to financially support and send out funds. Um, so if you give to our church, um, whether you give online or put cash in the box or a check, 
if you don't put um, any sort of designation on it, it goes into our general fund, and it's considered just a normal tithe and offering, and that um, goes to help supporting our annual budget. So in our annual budget, we've got things like facility repairs and children's ministry and payroll and youth ministry and just all the sorts of things that you know help our church tick um, week to week. Um, but a lot of you know that you can also, you know, write something in the memo line of your check or give, um, or on the drop-down menu online, you can choose missions and outreach or the benevolence fund or maybe a camp scholarship. Um, so if you give to our missions and outreach fund, that money kind of goes into a separate little savings account piggy bank that um, isn't affected by our annual budget, and that allows... Um, our church, when needs arise, to pull money out of that little piggy bank and send it for special gifts. A lot of those are one-time gifts um, to missionaries that we know of, or if we're made aware of a new outreach ministry, um, we get to send money out of that fund. So um, I just wanted to let you guys know kind of how that works. We're going to be covering all the things that we support regularly on a monthly basis, but then there will also be some special one-time gifts that we got to do this past year, and that will have most likely come out of that missions and outreach fund. Um, so I hope that that kind of gives you a framework as we start working through this. Um, so let's go ahead and get started. Thanks, Ann. That was an excellent overview of the whole missions thing. Ann and I are so privileged to be stewards of the money that you give, and so in all the different areas that we are stewarding it, we try to, to spend wisely and carefully and to give a yearly account to you about it. So the first thing we want to talk about is indeed church planting. You may remember the Cove Community Church planted about four years ago by Pastor George and my daughter Lauren, who were working here at the time and then moved back to Fort Lauderdale. That church is done... Oh, Okay, it's small. It's like a half a dozen, dozen people. They just will not give up, and they continue to pastor them. But thank you for this past year that we were able to give them a monthly gift out of that, and they continue in their efforts in South Florida. Great. Um, next, as far as church planting goes, um, we talk about Roots NYC. Um, this is a church that Pastor Nate was made aware of. Uh, one of his buddies, Pastor Jimmy Schwarte, um, is on the leadership team with Nate uh, for the Calvary Global Network. Um, so they have become friends over the last couple of years. And um, he, uh, Pastor Jimmy planted a church about three years ago, and it's near Brooklyn. And if you remember, um, kind of at the beginning of COVID, New York City was kind of the epicenter, the first epicenter um, for the outbreak. And um, when their city shut down, um, their church had to stop meeting. A lot of the people in their church um, ended up getting sick or losing their jobs. So we were able and blessed to send a gift to help cover um, one month of their church's rent. Um, during kind of right at the beginning in um, I think April or May it was um, but their church has been really instrumental in serving their community and their neighborhood um, they partnered with the local government to deliver meals and PPE um, to a lot of the people in their neighborhood so they just wouldn't stop um, but uh, Pastor Jimmy and his wife actually both got COVID 
um, pretty severely, but they recovered and have just seen God's faithfulness um, to their church through this whole last year. So we were very thankful to um, now have a sister church in New York City. Also, um, we are at Calvary Chapel. We are uh, with the Calvary Global Network. And uh, I think about March or April, uh, Pastor Brian and the people at CGN decided we need to take up an offering for church plants that are being affected uh, badly by the COVID situation. And so funds were gathered. We gave a one-time gift on your behalf to that. And $50,000 was raised. Funds were sent to Calvary Chapels in Uganda, uh, New York City, Southern California, New Zealand, Peru, Kosovo, Myanmar, Kyrgyzstan, and the Philippines. So we were thankful to play a small part in that. So that's kind of it as far as church planting goes. Um, next section we're going to talk about is local outreach. Um, and the next couple of uh, ministries we'll talk about, we are able to support on a monthly basis, and we did so in 2020. Um, the first one I am excited to talk about, it's Set Free Monterey Bay. Um, this was our first full and complete calendar year, supporting them month to month. They got started in 2019, I believe. They're a local chapter of a national organization called the Set Free Movement, and what they do um, is they focus on addressing human trafficking in our local communities. So they're focused on Monterey County. Um, this past year, they were able to start a street outreach team, um, a team of about 10 to 20 people who are trained, um, but just regular church church people like us who will go to kind of the hot spots in Salinas, in Seaside, and in Monterey, and try to reach out to these women who may look at risk of being trafficked. Um, so that's been really huge. Um, they're also in the fundraising process, trying to either rent or purchase property in Monterey County to open a restoration home um, so that women who are locally being trafficked have um, an escape route and a place to go um, and receive healing and education and just um, a year-long program to kind of restore them back to the Lord and back to society. Um, another thing that they do is they are really big on educating the public and educating youth. So even during COVID, when so much is remote, um, they were able to educate over 400 high school students um, across the county on trafficking prevention. Um, because, you know, the reality is, is a lot of a lot of all of us spend time online. I mean, you're watching this service online and um, these traffickers are going to try and target vulnerable populations. So if we can get into the high schools and educate youth and students of what to be aware of and how to ask for for help um, in these situations, that is invaluable. Um, local data shows that roughly 10 women and girls are trafficked every day in our county. Um, so that is over 3,500 individuals a year. So um, we are so thankful to be able to support a Christian organization that is making a difference right here in our county. Then there is the bridge. What can I say about the bridge? Our own Pastor Mike Casey, with whom I work closely, 
Started over 15 years ago, this ministry to those who are suffering from life-altering addictions. And so these three residential discipleship homes that have 29 men and women total in them today and are being discipled to live normal lives around the themes of faith, family, and community. It's a, it's a wonderful thing on Sundays to see the men and women with the black shirts that are serving and helping our church on Sundays and through the week, and we really appreciate their service. And also Monday nights. I was just there a couple of nights ago, and on Monday nights in the tent now, there is an outreach meeting which has been going on for 15 years to those in our community. It's a public meeting uh, who are experiencing life-altering addictions. We're so happy to have that ministry here and if you know anyone that is in that situation of addiction, Monday night, 7 o'clock, is the place to be. Also, for many years, we, being people that believe in the sanctity of life, have supported the Compassion Pregnancy Center. I have been a personal supporter of them for all the years I've been here, 13 years. And for well over 30 years, on a prominent corner in downtown Monterey, they have put out the sign, free pregnancy tests, and they have helped many, many abortion-minded women, even through having a sonogram and seeing an actual image of the baby, come to the place of being willing to keep that child. They walk them all the way through the process, through education and support and supplies, to the point of giving that child life. And so we're really happy to be involved with the Compassion Pregnancy Center, downtown Monterey. Um, this next one was also new for us this past year. Um, one of our very own members of our church, uh, Marisol Cruz, um, after graduating from CSUMB, she felt a call to stick around and became one of the first um, supported um, ministers with Inner Varsity uh, Christian Fellowship. So we've been praying that CSUMB would see some sort of college ministry established on that campus for years, and InterVarsity was able to make its way on there. And um, we just have we have had a lot of um, joy hearing about the ministry that Marisol's been able to do with her team and the student leaders she's raised up. Um, obviously, a lot of her plans for the year um, changed, um, but she was undeterred. She uh, was able to host conferences and Bible studies and, um, you know, safely gather with students to provide fellowship for Christians on campus, but also to do a lot of outreach for students who are seeking and um, do a lot of, like, gospel outreach to reach those, those students. So that was a, a privilege to be able to support her and InterVarsity at CSUMV this past year. Marisol's a, such a special person. Mm-hmm. Also then... Local Outreach International Students Incorporated. Those of us who live here know how many students come here, and including at the Middlebury Institute of International Studies from other countries. And Anne's description, she wrote up much of this information that we're sharing with you, at least in outline. It was so good, I'm just going to read what she wrote about how John and Joyce Steers, longtime committed members here, and their volunteers provided a lot this last year under the COVID restrictions, a lot of online support via Bible studies and virtual and distance hangouts for international students who were essentially stuck here doing online school. And they, 
the STEERS were a vital connection to our community for this international student outreach who faced such isolation and anxiety during this session. Hopefully when COVID leaves us, we'll get back to the thing of them reaching out to students, having the big welcome party in August, taking them to Yosemite, but a vital outreach to these top-notch students that are coming here from around the world and giving them perhaps their first glimpse of Christian home and ministry. Mm -hmm. Then the on-site ministries, five of them. Our food pantry, which is something I, I love because right here outside the sanctuary, of course we're meeting outside now, but there's a room there that's been there for years that's stocked with all kinds of food. Our own congregation is welcome to come. Foster families are often referred by the county. And now on our website, if you go to calvary.com uh, help, you will see the get help, give help tabs there. You may have seen that. And there is a list there that they, um, when a person has a need and reaches out to our church for help in the realm of food, we have this wonderful list of 32 items that they can request, depending on our supply, of course, but you know, things like uh, deodorant, razors, bath soap, toothpaste, kids' toothpaste, canned chunk, uh, canned chunk chicken, diapers, things that could be a real help to people who are short during this time of COVID. So I wanted you to know about this food pantry. We have been doing this for years. And thank you for those of you who have been giving to the trash cans outside the sanctuary. We have so much right now. We appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been a fun one. It's been used a lot this past year, um, so we're thankful to have it. Um, of course, I always get the joy of talking about foster care. Um, we did have a lot of plans this last year of maybe even partnering with um, a summer camp for kids in foster care. And so hopefully that is still something that's to come either this year or next year. Um, but one of the things that we have been able to do, even during um, a weird year, is continue to build a partnership um, and a friendship with the county social workers. So um, there might be situations sometimes that they come across with, you know, a family that, a biological family that is at risk of having um, their children removed because they can't meet a material need. Or um, there's, you know, a relative who's willing to take a child in, but they weren't expecting this to happen so quickly, so um, they don't even have a bedroom set up for this child or, or the multiple children. Or, um, you know, a foster family is approved and ready to go, but they don't know if they're going to get a three-month-old or a 17-year-old, so you can't really have a room set up ready for them. And um, because the county's hands are tied a little bit with, you know, red tape and... Um, wanting to use taxpayer dollars, well, they can't just go out and go buy all of these things for for these families. Um, but we can, which is really fun. And we have um, a budget line item specifically for foster care. And we review the request from the county social worker. We determine if this um, is a need that we can help meet. So um, I don't think there's ever been a time, at least this past year, where we've said no. Um, so it's always really fun to say yes. So. In 2020, I just want to read the list of the things that, um, because of your generosity, we were able to provide. So, nine beds, three bunk beds, um, wipes and diapers, lots of baby food, 
10 tablets um, for Kinship Center and their kids in foster care that they needed to do remote learning right at the beginning of, of everything getting shut down. Um, two high chairs, two pack and plays, two dressers, a table, a crib, um, play mat, a booster seat, and a toddler bed. So those were disseminated all out between, gosh, I don't know, 15 or 20 families um, that we got to help. Um, and it's just been so fun to develop a friendship with all of these different social workers mm -hmm. yeah. at the county, and they're so, so thankful. So it's definitely something that we want to continue as an act of mercy, but also really building our witness as a church that loves Jesus and loves our neighbors. Um, the next thing I'm also really excited to talk about, um, you may have heard us talk about this a couple times recently, and it is um, a new ministry outreach that started this past school year that we are calling Calvary Kids Club. And this has been headed up by um, Pastor Manny and Tate and our children's ministry team. Um, they reached out to our closest elementary school to the church, which is Foothill Elementary School. And as we all know, every public school is doing virtual learning right now. And while that's unfortunately the safest thing to do, um, there are a lot of circumstances where kids have to do school at home, but their parents or their guardians, they can't work from home, so they still have to go to work, and that creates um, a pretty difficult situation where the kids aren't um, supervised, and it's hard for, you know, especially little kids to understand how to stay on task um, and do school on a laptop. So... Um, one of the partnerships that we were able to develop or solutions that we were able to develop was to bring um, a selected number of kids on our campus, downstairs in Calvary Kids, twice a week. Um, we use our classrooms. The kids are um, spread out at their little desks with, you know, the um, plexiglass kind of um, partitions, and they wear their masks, and everybody's spread out, so it's all good. Um, but, um, and then there's a supervisor in each room who makes sure that the kids are on task and that they're able to um, engage with their teacher while they're doing their virtual learning. So that's been a huge blessing to our um, community, our neighborhood, to this school, and we're really hopeful that this kind of partnership continues. Um, but also, we do need some extra hands on deck, so if you have some time to spare on Tuesdays and Thursdays, be sure to reach out to Tate. So the next thing that we're going to chat about is um, the topic of homelessness, and this is an area we've really wanted to get involved in more. Um, and so we were reached out to by our friends at Love Our Central Coast, who you might remember we've done um, serve days with them in the past, um, through in the spring and the fall, and we've gone out into our community, done different projects with lots of other churches. That's been really fun. Um, we weren't able to do that do that this past year, unfortunately, but they created a food distribution project that ran the whole summer and into the fall where they weekly dropped off food to homeless encampments. Um, but one of the projects that they didn't have the bandwidth for that they wanted a church to come help with was to create hygiene kits that they could pass out in one of their distributions. Um, and obviously right now, hygiene is extra important, and these are people who 
may not have access to running water or showers or soap or hand sanitizer very easily. Um, so within a month's time, we were made aware of this need. We were able to rally all of you at our church to either buy supplies off of our Amazon wish list or you went out and shopped for these things yourself and dropped off um, complete kits at the church. Um, so by the end of that month, we had assembled and gathered over 150 hygiene kits, and then those went out to the homeless encampments, to our neighbors who are living there um, all across the county, and that was a huge blessing for them, and that was a fun project for us. You worked hard on that. And the last on-site ministry is, of course, The Grill, our little cafe restaurant, which was rudely shut down by COVID. But uh, after a while, our intrepid Pastor Mike our dynamic uh, cafe director, Tammy, decided we're just going to try and figure out some way, even though we're kind of out of the way here, to do some food distribution. We did some drive-up uh, days for food. Uh, they actually went out and just took food to a couple of police departments and fire departments. And after a while, Tammy uh, spent four weeks going over to the emergency room at Natividad and was giving out food. And whatever they were able to do, they did with that grill because making Jesus, seeing Jesus famous part of the time is just doing the practical things. And then in foreign missions, many of us know Steve and Nora Brazelton, who were on staff here 29 years, he was, and moved to Malawi and are now about 80 years old or so. And they have been over there for all of these years, I think 11 to 12 years. COVID has, of course, slowed them down, but they do all kinds of Bible translation. They go out into the bush, and they do the Jesus films and feeding programs. They have a Bible school, a pastor's school. You name it, they do it. And they have translated many, many things into Chichawa, the local language. They are people that we've been supporting monthly for a long time and hope to see them soon if they visit the States. But that's a, a great ministry called Ruth Shaw. Such faithful people. They are. Um, the next missionaries that we got to support monthly um, this past year include um, two sets of missionaries who are with Frontier Alliance International. Um, this is a missions organization that's very targeted to the Middle East, um, the 1040 window, um, and specifically kind of within the region of Israel, Iraq, Iran, Syria, some of the hardest places to um, reach with the gospel. So the first missionary that we got to support was Dr. Tanya Kuzi. She is um, really, I don't know, just as cool as they come. She's a medical doctor. She's in her early 30s, and she has um, dedicated her life to being a medical missionary. And so she is in Kurdistan, um, and then the other missionaries that we got to support this year are Nathan and Nicole Buchanan, who came and visited our church um, in the fall of 2019. And um, Nicole used to be a member or a part, a part of our church mm -hmm. um, when she was here at yeah. Miss and then went to um, go be a missionary in the Middle East. But um, So they all work together on the same team in Kurdistan, which is um, kind of a semi-autonomous region that spans parts of Syria and um, Iraq and Iran. Yeah. Um, so some of the things that they were able to do this past year, I find this really amazing. 
Um, their organization set, set up quarantine centers, they did medical home visits, they established a COVID testing center, and then they sent their medical team to support the local hospital as well. So it kind of sounds like if they weren't there, there wasn't medical infrastructure to really support what was happening with the pandemic. So um, such an act of mercy there. Um, another team member in Kurdistan is leading a soccer outreach to 70 youth, um, which is really fun. And he uses kind of the Bible as examples for, for coaching. And hopefully that opens doors for gospel presentations. Um, they also held a Christmas service um, with many of their close Kurdish friends um, with the goal of um, just kind of opening that door of what is Christianity. A lot of Kurdish people um, are of many different faiths, so um, them being open to attending is such a victory. Um, they also established the United Christian Embassy for Kurdistan with the goal of connecting the global body of Christ with the Kurdish people. So because Kurdistan's kind of a semi-autonomous region, um, the governments in these other countries kind of ignore them. So they're very much lacking in representation and in services. So the fact that um, Frontier Alliance International is there, they can kind of be a voice for these people. Um, so in addition to supporting all that they're doing monthly, we did also give an additional gift um, for a food relief project that they were doing during um, the uh, holy season of Ramadan for those that celebrated it there in, um, in Kurdistan. Um, a lot of the people there had lost their jobs. They didn't have money um, to buy groceries or even supply food for their family. So um, the FAI team was able to, su to supply a lot of food and um, really was a witness for Jesus during that. Um, I also find FAI a really good resource for just overall missions education. They have amazing documentaries um, on their website. So if you're interested in learning more about missions and God's heart for missions and kind of um, the strategy of missions, um, be sure to head to their website and check out their videos too. Within Reach Global also is something that you've worked on. Oh, yeah. Okay, so um, the next set of missionaries we love to talk about is um, David and Lorna Joannes with Within Reach Global, which is the missions organization that he started over 25 years ago. I think he's been, he's a local American kid, but, um, well, he started when he was almost a kid. He uh, went to China and smuggled Bibles into the country, and he never wanted to come back. So that was 25 years ago. And he he and his wife have been in the Southeast Asia region ever since. Um, so this past year, um, they did a lot. They're specifically targeted on reaching unreached people groups. There's over 5,000 unreached people groups in the 1040 window. So that means ethnic groups that have never once heard um, the gospel or heard of Jesus. So that's, that's a lot. Um, so within or in 2020, Within Reach Global planted 19 churches, which is amazing. They had 2,656 evangelistic encounters, um, and that was dispersed across 28 unreached people groups, um, which is awesome. Um, so yeah, like I said, their mission is to reach the most unreached, and they're doing it. Um, we also sent 
an additional one-time gift to them for a food outreach that they also did. So that was um, a pretty common theme, obviously, in this last year. Um, and they were able to serve over 1,800 families with that. And then we sent an additional gift when we were made aware of one of their local pastors and church planters um, who lives in China. His home was um, destroyed by the Chinese government. And so um, I think they went through small rural towns doing a lot of that, trying to help people would move into the cities. And he felt called to stay where he was and minister and um, reach his local community. So we were able to send a gift and help him rebuild his home, which happily um, he was able to do this last year. Yeah, that was a cool one. When I go to the yearly Calvary Missions Conference, I always pray, who would I sit down next to even when uh, I'm eating? And I sat down and met a guy, Theo Jedlika, who's a uh, minister to El Salvador, happens to be supported by a church in Santa Cruz, and really uh, shared with me the needs that he had. So we sent a couple of one-time gifts to El Salvador, just out of that fund that Ann described at the top, the extra funds that are given to us, and we were able to be a blessing to him. And we also onboarded several new missionaries. We are so thankful for some of the special gifts that helped us to do this. Uh, a wonderful family, and you can see all these people at calvarychapel.com outreach. But this, this man, Jed and Renee Gorley, They have been in the mission field, I think, as a family with their six kids, 20, 25 years now. They moved in 2014 to uh, Tbilisi, Georgia, which uh, is east of the Caucasus Mountains near Turkey. And they have been busy over there. They started a church, as I mentioned. They are going to be, uh, after their two years of church planting, they are now going to be involved in uh, helping the Calvary Chapel Bible College in Vita, Hungary, move there to their country in Georgia because they then have these students that could go out into the neighboring countries, the former Soviet uh, places called Kyrgyzstan, Kazakhstan, uh, Turkestan, and so on. And hopefully we will see inroads into these very closed countries by these young people that the Gorleys helped to raise up. Uh, he is going to be someone I think that we will support and know for a long time. Yeah, a lot of potential for cool future partnerships and trips, hopefully. Yep. Um, another family that we got to onboard this year is actually a relative of the Gorleys that we just mentioned, um, Renee Gorley, and um, her sister-in-law is Melanie Billings. So we started supporting Paul and Melanie Billings um, at the high recommendation of one of our pastor friends, um, Phil Metzger, down in San Diego. Right. Um, but Paul and Melanie and their family are serving in Amman, Jordan. Um, so as you can imagine, that is a very strategic place to be. Um, their church plant is three years old. And um, this last year, they had to meet in small groups in people's homes, um, but they were very thankful to continue meeting. Most of their church is composed of people from a completely different background um, than Christianity. So because of this, it's very common um, for those in their church, once they uh, make a faith statement in Christ and convert to Christianity, um, to experience persecution from their family, from their society, um, 
And this is something that, that Paul said to me in his email when I asked, you know, what could we share and what would you like our church to know about what's been going on? He said, this persecution is, of course, difficult, but it's also necessary. That might sound strange to those in countries where you have the freedom to choose what you will believe. Endurance in times of persecution, especially in restricted countries, is needed in order for the church to grow. It is an honor to be persecuted for Jesus, and there is a special blessing as well. We never seek persecution, but if our church does not learn to endure instead of compromise in order to avoid persecution, then the church will remain weak and lack genuine growth. You know, and I think that statement um, is really profound and can be really encouraging for us in the American church. You know, that that God's ways are not our ways and that... Um, he can grow and strengthen us through through difficulty and hardship. Um, so I'm so thankful that we're able to support them monthly now um, and continue to hear updates out of Amman, Jordan. One of those one-time gifts that we were able to give due to your special gifts, uh, you will recall August 4th, the Beirut port explosion, and uh, 200 people killed, 6,000 people uh, injured, thousands of homes destroyed, and Samaritan's Purse, of whom we are a great fan, uh, went in, Franklin Graham's organization, and so we were able to give a special gift through Samaritan's Purse and uh, help with that situation. And we just rejoice when there are specific difficult situations, catastrophic situations, Samaritan's Purse is usually there, and we can help support them. And now, talk about my beloved Cuba. Yes. Um, so if you, any of you were here last January when Jeff and I did um, last year's update, he joked about possibly sending me off to Cuba in 2020. Um, and we did actually have flights booked. We had dates set. We were going to do an exploratory missions trip to Cuba with um, a small organization that's based out of Morgan Hill, actually, um, a couple that does guided missions trips to Cuba. We were really excited about that, um, hoping that it will one day become a partnership and um, just a good on-ramp for our church to be doing short-term missions trips again. Um, that all got canceled, obviously, but um, we didn't want to stop our relationship with this organization. It's called Aliento Cuba, um, which means breath or spirit. Um, and we were able to send a, a one-time gift of support um, that is going directly to support the pastors in Cuba. So um, I've learned over the last year that the way things work there is, especially in the rural communities, there's very little infrastructure, there's very little support, there's very little economic growth um, or opportunity in those areas. Um, so the pastors almost become kind of the heartbeat of those communities um, they help with food distribution. They help with um, kind of getting like pharmaceutical supplies mm -hmm. out, like things you would buy in a drugstore. You know, people need Band-Aids and aspirin and just normal things like that, and none of that is really accessible. Um, so they are they go and they distribute all of these things while also checking, you know, on the spiritual health of the people in their community. So um, we got some pictures back after we sent um, that gift of support to see um, all of the food that they were able to buy and distribute to um, 
these precious people in Cuba who are made in the image of God and um, definitely deserve that kind of care and support. So um, we were really thankful to still be able to do that, even though we didn't go there personally. Um, but hopefully someday. Um, I also wanted to mention that there are several other missionaries that we support regularly um, that are working in really highly sensitive areas of the world. Um, So to protect them and their ministry, we are keeping any information about them offline. Um, But God knows who they are. He knows the work that they're doing. Um, So please be praying for them as you pray for all of our missionaries and our ministers locally and just the outreach that we're able to do um, through your generous giving and uh, God's outworking of his kingdom here at the church. Those are 21-plus opportunities that we've taken, people we support. And again, we just keep saying it because Anna and I, who work in this area of missions, are so thankful that we have these funds that we can support these people. So thank you so much for your giving. As the overseeing pastor, as the outreach director, we want to see Jesus famous everywhere.